morning, good morning. Hope all is well with you and yours, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord on this morning, for God is good and he's worthy to be praised. So many different things are going on that are beyond our control this morning, but nonetheless, God is good. And what I find is that we press, we press our way to the mark of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. So thank you for those who've been able to bear with us on this morning uh, with the various challenges. I left some cords this morning so I can't use my traditional camera and some other things that just kind of got um, left. But nonetheless, God is good and we were, he's worthy to be praised. And there is a word from the Lord on today and we want to be able to share that word with you on this morning and go forth with you on today to know that God is good and he's worthy to be praised that some of these things come the bible said that trials and things come to to uh make us strong amen and i'm here to tell you today that um the bible says it rains on the just as well as the unjust amen but what um saves us all at the end of the day is that his grace and his mercy because i believe and do you still believe on this morning is what i want to know today that i believe that god is still good and he's worthy to be praised so let's go in and let's go into directly into our praise and worship service on this morning as um sister dominique comes to us in her own way and we'll be right back with you amen let's go forward Good morning, Safe House. I'm so glad to be back with you guys again this morning. How many of you just want to lift the Lord's name on high? I know we're not in the same room together, but just help me worship the name of the Lord. Let's lift his name on high this morning because he deserves it. Let's go. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. Yeah. 
lift your name on high. How many of you lift his name on high this morning? There's no name above his name. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Hallelujah. Somebody put an amen right there. Somebody put a worship right there. Put something on your lips and say something to him. Say something to the Father. Jesus. How many of you want to bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me? Bless his holy name. Because he's done great things for me. He's done great things for you. Thank you. 
great things He has done great things He has done great things Bless His home worship. right there <laughs> he has done great things cause he has done great things bless his whole Bless 
bless his holy name. Bless his holy, holy name. Bless his holy name. So I gotta bless his name. He put food on my table, so I gotta bless his name. Hallelujah. I'm in my right mind, so I gotta bless his name. My kids are healthy, so I gotta bless his name. Hallelujah. Don't let this worship moment pass you by. Just think about why you have to bless his name. He put money in your pocket, so you gotta bless his name. He provided all of your needs, so you gotta bless his name. You gotta bless his name. You gotta bless his name, protected you from danger seen and unseen. So you gotta bless his, bless his holy name. Bless his name. Just worship right there. Get something on your mind that you need to worship his name for. I didn't die from COVID, so I gotta bless his name. Hey! I gotta bless his name. I don't have a choice, but I gotta bless his name. his name I gotta bless his name 
gotta bless his name. Hallelujah. I gotta bless his name. Hallelujah. No other choice but to bless his name. Hallelujah. How many of you have God exceeded your expectations? You ask him for one thing and he adds. No matter of fact, he doesn't add. He multiplies it. He does more than we could ever expect him to do. He does above. No, that's not good enough. Exceedingly. Abundantly. Above all that we could ask or think. I want you to help me worship on this last song I'm going to do this morning. And the title of the song is, He's Done More Than I've Ever Expected. He's done more than I 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 ever expected. Cause God, you keep on doing great things. You truly amaze me. So many miracles and blessings you to chase me and I am overwhelmed with gratitude that's why we offer up this praise for the things you do cause you've done more you've done more than I ever expected
done more than I ever expected. God, you keep on doing great things. God, you keep on doing great things. God, you keep on doing great things. You truly amaze me. So many miracles and blessings continue to chase me and I am over overwhelmed with gratitude that's why we offer up this praise for the things you do cause you've done more than I ever expected
a story to tell you huh. he wouldn't let the devil consume me cause God knew he could use me God is no respecter of persons what he's done for me he can do the same for you cause he's done more than I ever expected God bless you on this morning know that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think he never does just enough God never just fills your cup but he is the God that can make it overflow he is your El Shaddai hallelujah and he's gonna always do more than you expected him to do God bless you yeah how many of you know that God is good? I tell you this morning, church, hallelujah, God is just so good to us, hallelujah. And I thank him, let us pray. Oh, Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning. Lord, we want to say we thank you. Lord, we know, Lord, you that men have had a rough start on this morning. Lord, it seemed like this went way, and that went that way, Lord, and this has gone that way, and this want to hack up, and that don't want to turn over, and that don't want to start, oh God. And everybody's in this and that, Lord Jesus, but nonetheless, Lord, you said press, oh God. And Lord, I'm looking at the people today who've pressed their way, Lord, despite the circumstances, every excuse they had, Lord, you that would have been a legitimate excuse not to come to the house on today. 
But Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, and ask that you look upon these souls, oh God, that you bless them in a mighty way, Lord Jesus, that you touch them, oh God, love on them, Lord, bless them and keep them, oh God, Lord, for they know you, Lord Jesus, and you know them. Now, Lord, I ask that, Lord, you allow the words of my mouth, oh God, today be the words of yours, that you speak through me, oh God, Lord, that you drop a word on today, oh God. Let the people leave here, Lord Jesus, not only knowing that you're still God and knowing that you are encouraged, oh God, Lord Jesus, to go to the next level in you, Lord. And we just honor you, Lord Jesus, for they've been through some things, oh God. There's some things, Lord Jesus, even in our mind that we fight, the anxieties and depressions and stuff, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, you said all these things come, that you come to make us strong, oh God. And, Lord, we honor you in this place on today. We honor you in this space to know that you are Jehovah Jireh, that you are our provider, that you're Jehovah Nisi, Lord, that you fight our battles. Lord, you're Jehovah Sicker to your God Almighty, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, and we love you, and we honor you in this place, Lord. And we ask you to do all these things to others in the powerful name of Jesus. Continue to watch them and keep those who are sick and shut in, those who are watching who are our way over the internet, oh, God, that you love on them, bless them, keep them, oh, God. Let this message find them where they are in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. For we know this one thing and we know this to be true, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah, amen. How many of you know you're blessed this morning? How many of you know you're just blessed to be here in the building? I often I think about it, and we've always said that we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I'm telling you that everything that comes out of your mouth, that God will allow it to be tested, amen. As we often say, Lord, we're walking by faith. We're walking by faith. And every time I look, it, it didn't look good, amen. And I look, and it said this didn't happen. And, and it seemed like, you know, I just want to throw in the towel sometimes. I just want to give up and say, Lord, you know, maybe I missed the mark. Lord, maybe I didn't hear. But then there's a still, small voice that still speaks and says, it matters for this one. It matters for that one, amen. And every time, you know, as we as many of us as school teachers, you know, you get to that point that you met your wits in and you're thinking, Lord, all I've done doesn't matter for these kids. Lord, they just going to go wherever they want to go. They're going to do whatever they want to do. The administration is going to make the rules that they want to make. And Lord, they're going to throw me peanuts to be paid, oh God. And I'm supposed to survive off of these things and go to the next level and take care of my family, oh God. But then you come in, oh God, and you do more than what I expected. <laughs> Lord, you'll just bring in, Lord Jesus. It'll be a still, small voice. There'll be a voice of encouragement. Lord, there'll be something that said, no, it matters for this one. No, it's not about you, but it's about them. And I'm choosing to use you. For if we want you, then who else would it be? Amen. And I, Lord, I said, Lord, use me as that faithful servant, Lord, that I want to be used. And when I tell him I want to be used, and then he decides to use me, and he uses me the way that he wants to use me. And I had in my mind how exactly I wanted to be used. I wanted to be used in this capacity. And I want this one to be able to see this and this to be see that. And then God chooses to use you when nobody sees you. He chooses to use you when it seems like the things you're doing don't matter. He chooses to use you. And what he's doing is he's building your character. Oh, come on, somebody. He's, he's building up some things in you that you're going to learn. And it's going to take you to the next level. And, and I'm here to tell you today that I've learned some things through my time and things I've gone through. And I ain't going to lie to you this morning. I was kind of discouraged. I got here. and I was here in plenty of time, amen. I was here at 8 o'clock. And I got here and I realized I didn't have the course to the TV. And I didn't have the course to the, the camera and things. 
things went on and I got in late the night before, amen. I got in, my flight got in at 12 o'clock in the morning and it seemed like every time I get on the airplane, they want to delay now. And I just, Lord, I just, Lord, I got to press, Lord, because it's going to matter for somebody. And then I get here this morning and then this didn't go well and, and their cafeteria is cold and we can't put people in there. And amen. And Lord, I'm just sitting here thinking, Lord, what else, you know? And then we get in here and I see it. Lord, I'm like, well, look, it looked like nobody even going to come this morning. And sometimes these things are discouraging. I'm saying, Lord, on Pastor Appreciation Month, this is how it works out. And see, sometimes this is when you got to remind yourself that you don't do this for show, form, or fashion. Amen. Because God has given me some things. But I'm here because he's called me. So I realize if it's nobody but me and him in here, if it's nobody but me in the walls, amen, there's some things that he's been working outside of Peter. There's some pride issues that he's taking out of Peter. There's some things that he's working in me through this process that I have to trust when he started, amen. And I've seen in my life time and time again that it was the little that started. It was the little thing that I started here that I used in the big thing. And you know, and I look at it now, you think about it last year this time, I was what I was kind of down in the dumps professionally, amen. I had been in a job for many, many years and Things had gone on, amen, and I, in my head, I had paid my dues. I did everything they asked me to do. I jumped through every hoop they asked me to jump through. I dotted every I, I crossed every ticket, and I brought some extra to the table. And then next thing I know is that when some changes be made, then I'm jumped out of my head. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm here to tell you all. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my testimony on this day so it can encourage somebody else. I don't care who watching on the Internet, so be it, amen. But here they go. So then what, what happens is, is then that I go through some things that God opens up a way of transition and, and now I find myself, you know, about this time, it wasn't even this time last year, I think NASA had called me and said, hey, we want to have a conversation with you about you coming on and then God blessed me to go over to NASA as many of you know and I worked at NASA for about six months, amen and see, God just used the NASA situation, amen Madison, get mama a seat. That God used the NASA situation to be a bridge, amen, to what? Me being in Alabama. God knows that I would have never chosen Alabama on my own. Hallelujah. How many of you know that? That Alabama would not have been my cup. Alabama would not have been something that I would have chosen to do. Because if I would have got to pick my cup, I would have been right down the street here in North Carolina A&T. Went right here in my family, right here in my home. But sometimes God got to take you out your comfort zone to build you. Because see, the Bible says that what? A prophet's without honor except where? In his own hometown. Which means that sometimes people only see you for who they are. So sometimes you have to remove yourself. Sometimes you got to be removed from a situation and then God works some things out of you and then what he brings you back. And I don't want to tell my friend's testimony but I was thinking about it this weekend. My good friend Brother Chris, and he was there, and, and, and God has just continually blessing, blessing him and some things that went on in his family, amen, and he had moved out to California, and he's a big-time professor, and God has tremendously blessed him, and he's doing well, and his books were doing well. Amazon, number one bestseller, number one sellers and all this stuff, and he's out in California, and he's living the life, amen, and then his father passes away, and, and he comes to a point that he feels the call that he needs to be home with his mom, so he steps out on faith, come on, somebody, and he goes home to be with his family and now what that which they wouldn't give him they've already given him right now oh, come on somebody this week they announced that now he's this new endowed chair something that I know he desired that he probably wanted while he was there they would not give him why because he was there but God removed him from that situation and brought him back amen and I'm just here to tell you today that God is faithful amen he's so faithful I'm faithful to 
to us, amen, even when I see my mother-in-law that, you know, they're a little late this morning because they pressed, amen. My mother-in-law said she wanted to go to church, and I told my wife, I said, well, you all can just stay. We'll be fine. To be honest, I said, ain't nobody even here right now, and I know it might just be me today. And so it does my heart good, amen, to see my mother-in-law was like, no, I guess they were coming. And now they walk through the door, and you all can see, you know, mother's here with us, amen. And we're just so grateful because she's, you know, God has been some challenges in her health, amen, with dialysis and all these things. And this is her first time out since then, amen. And we're just grateful, grateful, grateful to God from whom all blessings flow. And I'm just so grateful to him for them pressing their way to be here and all the others, amen. And Sister Taylor, I'm so glad that baby looking like you, amen. We couldn't take another Jared around here. I'm so glad he looks just like his mama. He takes after his mama. Ain't that right, Brother Mason? And we're so grateful to have you and your mother here, amen, and Sister Hicks here, amen. I wasn't expecting you. I thought you was going with your mom this week. But nonetheless, we're just so grateful, grateful. So God knows exactly what to do, when to do it, and how, and how it needs to be done. And so we're just so grateful, grateful. Uh, First Lady Ely being here, amen, and pressing that way and doing the things that she needed to do to get them here. So um, we're just grateful, grateful, and we're just full of gratitude on this morning. And we're not going to hold you long because I know the hour is already getting late, even though we got started a little late. But there is a word from the Lord on today, and I believe that it's a timely word. Um, I do apologize, like I said, for not having the screens up. I just left all the cords. Typically what I do, the night before, I put everything in the truck so I can get right in the truck and drive here. And like I said, I was here a whole hour early. I'm thinking, woo, I'm good. This time I ain't got to rush. And I get here and I realize I don't have the, the microphone cord. I don't have the camera cord. I don't have the other cord to hook to the other camera. So now we're working it off our little webcam here. And I was thinking, well, you know, I don't even want to, you know, the, the professional side of me said, don't even want to do that. But then God has to remind me it's not about that. Amen. That, you know, he's done more with less. Amen. So, so we press our way and we say, okay, well, Lord, the internet kind of acting kind of shaky, but nonetheless, he pressed his way, amen, and I'm just so grateful to him from whom all blessings flow, and I believe that he wants to use this time, that it didn't take many, amen. God changed the world with 12, amen. He changed the world with 12, and I know so many times we get caught up in the, the numbers game and this and that, but nonetheless, God changed the world with 12. Um, also, I want to say, um, are there any birthdays this month that we're missing? I think, do we have any birthdays? Anybody birthday? All right, I don't think having the October birthdays, but if I did, I missed it. I apologize. Um, we do have an anniversary on next week. First Lady and I will be celebrating 21 years of marriage. Amen. And we're grateful for that. And I'm just grateful, grateful um, that um, we be an example to others. And my example would be that it's, you know, we know it's work. Amen. And it's a steady work. Amen. And you've got two people who are coming from two backgrounds that are coming together to be one, and we're just um, grateful for that. So as you all continue to pray for us as we go and be the people of God that he have us to be. And I'm just so grateful for all the prayers of you all, um, amen, being faithful um, to us in our prayer ministry on the in the mornings, amen. I know many of you are school teachers and things of that nature, and you've got to be got the door at a certain time, amen. But we're just grateful that you, know, you allow us to have that prayer time with you and, and pray the blessings of God and his faithfulness upon you because these schools are getting more and more dangerous. We're at a point now that people are just shooting people out of the windows at colleges now. Um, amen. I mean, even at my school, we had a shooting in the first part of the year. Um, there have been other times where people running around with guns. Um, people are just, people are without hope. 
And what we're seeing is we're seeing a, a direct result of people who are hopeless. And you and I don't fall into that category because our hope is built on nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And the Bible tells us that all other grounds is what? Sinking sand. Amen. So that's what reminds me. I think about it sometimes. I often think about it. So what would keep me from just losing my mind? Because I deal with the same things that everybody else deal with. You know, my people get sick. You know, jobs act up. And my money get tight sometime. And this. And what I find is at the end of the day, that I have to remind myself that even if they take your job away, even if they do this, that it's Jehovah Jireh who's my provider. And when you realize that you do these things as unto the Lord, then it changes things. So if you're doing them unto the Lord, I do it the same way if it's one or 51, amen? Five or 500,000, amen? Because I'm doing it unto the Lord. Because what we find is that Sometimes we get caught up in doing things in the, in, in the form of people pleasing. Not that you intentionally set out to do that, but it kind of takes on that form at some point in time. And God allows things to come back sometimes to remind us, to help us to refocus and to reshift and understand that it's for me that you do this. And, and because you're doing it for me, then I move it when I say it's ready to be moved. I change it when I say it's ready to be changed. And I'll grow it when it says it needs to be grown. Amen. And we're grateful to know that. And we just walk into and that glory and in that spirit of that. If this is your first time here at the Safe House Church, we want to encourage you that we are a hybrid church, amen, that we meet online three to four times a month, amen, and then we meet in person one, one time out of the month. So our next in-person meeting will be on November the 5th, so that's roughly a month from now, so November the 5th. I know some of you saying, oh, that's A&T Homecoming. That's even better, because we got to pray off that stuff you did the day before, amen. <laughs> some of you, amen, but I know that's not everybody in this room. But nonetheless, I know, so there'll be plenty of people around, especially in this particular area, or they'll be ready to get out of here. So remember, uh, November the 5th, please mark your calendars for November the 5th as our next meeting date. So the rest of the time, you can find us here on our website, and that's safehousechurchgso.com. Again, that's safehousechurchgso.com, as you see on the screen, or you can find us on Facebook or any of the um, other places that, um, that you're probably watching us on right now. Um, remember here at the Safe House Church, we work on three principles. We call that DEA, discipleship, empowerment, and accountability. Discipleship, we're going to work with you, we're going to walk with you, we're going to talk with you. And the people here will tell you that we don't leave you. We don't leave anybody behind, amen. We'll work with you. Some of us have gone through some things. Some have been some health challenges. Some have been some mental challenges. Some have just been, I just want to give up days, amen. I have some of those too, amen. But nonetheless, we work through that. Then the empowerment that what he gives us, our gifts and our talents, amen, that we use those things to go to the next level. Then accountability, that we must be held accountable for what we do and what we say. We live in a world now nobody wants to be accountable for anything. We see people destroying people's careers for sport. We saw that last week in, in, in our own Congress. You know, now, if they're doing that stuff on the highest of levels in our country, what do y'all think they're doing on the low levels? They're doing probably five to ten times worth. Anytime that somebody can just stand up and say they want to just get rid of somebody because they don't want them there, and they can just change the government overnight. Y'all think about that. One person did that. Look at, please pay attention to what's going on around you. One person decided they didn't want the Speaker of the House, and then next thing you know, he don't even have a job anymore. So these, these are the places, and these are the kind of times that we're in. So we, we must be reminded that it's Jehovah Jireh that is our provider. If you would turn with me on the, um, today in the word of the Lord, I believe there is a word from the Lord, the, from the Lord today. I want to go to 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, and I want to go to um, chapter, I mean, 17th chapter, verse number 1. 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, and verse number 1. I'm going to put that on the screen for my people here. 
That's 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, verse number 1. And we're going to read verses 1 through 9. This may be a familiar passage of Scripture to some of you um, as we um, read this on today. Let me see if I can get this on the screen here for the folks there in the Internet world. Um, the Bible. All right, we have it there. Let me get that. All right. So 1 Kings 17, and we're going to go verses 1 through 9. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, um, said unto Ahab, As the Lord, um, Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. He's telling Ahab the king um, that there's not going to be any rain until he gives the word. Verse 2, it says, and the, and the word of the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, came unto him, saying, this is God speaking unto him. He said, get thence hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook of Sherleth, that is before Jordan. He's telling him to go in to hide himself. He's giving the instruction. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. There's a stream that's there. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and he did among according, he did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook at Sherif, that is before the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread, flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there have not been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord said unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there, gathering of sticks. And he called to her, and she said, and he said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in, the, in a vessel that I may drink. And she said, going into, I'm, I'm going a little further. And she said, going into, going to it, fetch it. He called to her and said, bring me, I pray, the morsel of bread in thy hand. If I were used for a subject for you on today, and I'm not going to be before you very long, I want to talk with you from the subject of the day. Look for the birds. Look for the birds. Look for the birds. Oh, Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we come to you, Lord. We thank you. Lord, we thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, I ask that this be nourishment to their spiritual bodies, oh God, to help them to transform and go to the next level in you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we love you, and we praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So here we find the prophet Elijah. Elijah if you know Elijah, Elijah is an interesting prophet in that Elijah has many things going on. 
Amen. Elijah is the same one who, who calls down fire from heaven and not just call down fire from heaven, but that he had gotten and he did a big demonstration of God's power in the, in the sense that he uses God's power. He tells the prophets of Baal that they are all to collect themselves together, all 450 of them. He calls them all together and he tells them that they are to um, take the bullock or the, 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 the bull and they're to take the bull and kill the bull and to set the bull on, get the, set the bull on on fire and by calling on their God. So then they go and they get this bull and they set this, they try to set this bull on fire by calling their God and they just start mocking him. But then what Elijah did is he got his bull, he took his bull and he basically soaked it in water, amen, and he called down fire from heaven with God and God allowed his bull not only to be consumed with fire, but that fire for them to, for it to catch on and for it to be consumed and it to, to burn everything up. So then we find this is the same Elijah who is now, he went and he presented himself to Arab and he started to tell him about himself and, and that way when Arab's wife Jezebel was the one who was after him. So now he finds himself at a place that he's in being chased and he finds himself in a place that even though all the things that he's done and he knows he's God's man, but he finds himself that he falls into a place of depression Amen. And I know oftentimes people talk about things that, you know, we as people of God, we shouldn't feel down and we shouldn't go through things and we shouldn't have ups and downs and stuff like this. And, and the truth of the matter is that you and I are human. That I have the same ups and downs that everybody else do. I just don't have my hope in myself. For the Bible tells me to lean not into my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him and that he shall direct my path. So when I'm reminded here that we find that if you keep reading on later on, that Elijah gets to the point that he goes in and he's so scared and he's fearful for his life that he feels like he's the only one in this. How many of you know sometimes when you're going through things, you feel like you're the only one. You feel like you're the only one that's being attacked. You feel like you're the only one that's going through this. You feel like nobody else cares. And what Elijah, if you keep reading it, and he finds it, he keeps saying that I alone am serving God and I alone am doing this. And see, you can be God's people and you can be God's man and you can be God's woman, amen, and get yourself caught up in some things Amen. That you believe that are only happening to you because you're looking at your situation. You're looking at your circumstance. You're looking at that which has happened to you and that which you've gone through. So now Elijah gets to the point that he's getting to the point that he's now operating in anxiety and, and that he's fearful that not that he doesn't trust God, not that he doesn't know who God is, because this is the same one I told you who just killed 450 prophets. This is the same one who calls down fire from heaven. This is the same one who looks out there and sees a, a cloud the size of a man's hand and he does all these kind of things yet he's struggling mentally amen hallelujah I know we in a day and time now that people are struggling mentally why because we don't know when the next danger is going to come we don't know when the next thing is going to happen so you live in a constant state of fear and worry Lord what is this going to happen Lord uh, is it going to be my college campus that they shoot on is it going to be my school they couldn't even have a football game five minutes down the road here without somebody going out there and pulling out a gun and somebody getting killed when they went to go to a football game probably to see their grandson or their nephew or their niece amen and we're at a point in time now that people are walking in fear and now you see it on people's faces so even the slightest thing now someone to pull a gun out the slightest argument somebody a pull a weapon or somebody feels offended and we at a point now that People are scared of everything, even to the point they scared of their own shadow. So now we find we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but we have to trust that God knows. So what happens is as we continue to live in this state of constant worry, it starts to worry on you, amen. You know, I was thinking about it on last week. I lost two friends I know last week. One of them, he died of cancer. I think he was 56 years old. Another young lady that I taught, one of my first 
um, student teachers when I was at Fayetteville State. She was 39 years old. She got hit by a car. She was mounting the traffic, but somebody else was not doing what they supposed to be doing. He ran the red light, hit her, killed her, left our two kids without a mom. Uh, without a mom. You see what I'm saying? So we don't know. You know, you could be doing everything you're supposed to be doing and going forward, but I know we live in this constant state of fear. And here, so now we find this is where Elijah finds himself, is that even though Elijah has God's power, he has God's grace, he can call down fire from heaven. It's the mental side of him. It's the person side of him that he has to deal with. For all of us live in this flesh, and in this flesh, we got to deal with some things. In this flesh, it tells me that this is not going to happen. In this flesh, it tells me that this is not going to change. In this flesh, it tells me that I'm going to continue to be mistreated. In this flesh, it tells me that my body's not going to get better, that I'm not going to get better, I'm going to get worse. It's not going to go any further, that I'm struggling, and I find myself going through a repetitive cycle. Amen. And this is what our bodies start to tell us, and we got to be careful that we don't believe the enemy's report. So what we find is that now what fear is starting to overcome the prophet. Yes, he's the prophet, and the fear is starting to overcome the prophet. And to the point that he gets to a point and he tells God that I'm going to pray right here under this juniper tree and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to pray and say Lord if you take me out I'm okay and if you take me home I'm okay Lord and I don't know about you but sometimes you find yourself in that state you say Lord if I, Lord, maybe I'm just better if I'm not here and Lord maybe things will be better if I'm not here maybe they can go on and things and they can do whatever they want to do and, and things will be happy and everybody get everything they want and everybody be happy because Lord I'm not making other folks happy here and Lord here I am Lord I've done what you asked me to do Lord I done it with zeal, Lord. I done it with zealous, Lord. I done it with all the power. I done it with all my might. I done it with all my strength, Lord. And I've gone forward, Lord. I've blessed your name, Lord. I've given to others. And the Bible reminds me of this one thing that it's not your works that's going to save you, amen. But he said that what is by our faith. So then, what faith without works is dead. So yes, they do work together. But you got to have both of them. You cannot believe that just one side of it is going to get it done for you. You can't believe that one side of it is going to hold it all together. So what we find here now that Elijah finds himself here, that he's at this point, he's under this juniper tree, and, and God removes him from under there. And God tells him, if you read the story, that some things are going to transpire. He tells him to see some things and some earthquakes go by and all this stuff, but God has to show his glory to him himself. And some of us that we find ourselves in this place that God has to show himself strong in our life. And then I'm reminded as the Bible goes on, he tells him, he said, look, I'm going to send you to a place that I want you to go. Sometimes when God removes you, he puts you in a place of isolation, not to kill you, but to grow you. Amen. Because the times that you're in isolation, what you find is that you don't have mother to depend on. You don't have father to depend on. You don't have wife to depend on. You don't have husband to depend on. You don't have children. So now you're in a place that there's some things inside of you that God is going to develop. There's some things inside of you you're going to understand that, Lord, I have you, oh God. Lord, I got to realize that, Lord, if it's not for you, Lord Jesus, how I'm going to make it? Lord, if it's not for you opening up doors, oh God, if it's not for you touching people's heart, if it's not for you, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do, oh God. I feel like I'm moved out to a desert, Lord Jesus, and I'm out here to die by myself. But then the Bible reminds us, he told him that there was going to be some ravens that was going to be there. And he said it was going to be the ravens that are going to feed you. Oh, somebody, come on, somebody. So, but then he, go, he says, it's the ravens that are going to feed you. So I went and I looked some things about the ravens. And I was wondering, I said, well, Lord, out of all the birds you could have picked, you didn't pick the, the best looking bird. You didn't pick a peacock bird, a bird that could have shown its beauty and could have shown itself strong. It could have shown how pretty it was and made all this sound and all this noise as it came into the area. But sometimes God said, I can't use the peacock because the peacock, it'd be about the peacock. Amen. The peacock would be showing 
showing itself. And, and the peacock wouldn't be discreet, amen. The peacock, where well, everybody would know exactly where it was. Because if you ever heard a peacock, they go around, ah, everybody knows when a peacock's around. The peacock cannot hide itself. And now remember, he sent the prophet out to be out in the wilderness. He sent them to a place that nobody else knew about. So therefore, what? Since he sent them to a place that nobody else knew about, that, that means that where he had to rely on God to, to take care of him. So he told them he would send him a raven. What do we find out about a raven? That if you look in the Bible, the raven is mentioned many times. In fact, the Bible, in the Bible, the raven is talked about 11 times. So why would God talk so much about this particular bird? He could have used prettier birds. Because last time I seen a raven, they all black. They got a black beak. They got black eyes. They got rougher feathers. It's nothing really cute about a raven. Amen. But he's a bigger bird. You know, he's so close to a crow. He looks like a crow. But if you didn't know what you were looking at, you would probably call a raven a crow. But from my understanding, they're much larger. But in the Bible, we see this raven being used time and time again. What also reminds and tells me that it ain't about being cute, amen, but it's about being effective. It ain't about standing up this way and looking this way and going that way. But it's about what, what God can get out of you. So God uses the ugly things sometimes to get some things out of He uses the things that nobody else would pay attention to. Because when they see that bird that some cultures believe that it was a fear thing, amen. That when they saw a raven, that a raven represented death, amen. That if you notice here, we're getting close to the Halloween time period. You start to see people put crows and all this stuff that they have made them and they're representative of death, amen. So what they're doing is now they're saying that this is a symbol of this and this is a symbol of that. So some coaches believe in that time and even to this day that that is a symbol of death. But I'm here to tell you today that it's so far from that. Amen. This is how the, the, the people do that. They, they take things of God and they make them their, their own and they figure out a way to design it and put it in such a way that it says this to them and it says this to that so that they, what, they have their own definition. But the truth of the matter is that, that the, the raven represents wisdom. Oh, come on somebody. That he's a wise bird, amen. I know we like the eagle because the eagle's pretty, amen. And it is a pretty bird. If you ever seen a bald eagle in person, amen, go out to Lake Jordan. There's plenty of them out there and you'll see them and they are pretty and they're majestic. But that raven is he, he, he's intelligent, amen, and he's, they say he's transformational. And one of the things is the raven can eat whatever he want to eat. The raven can eat whatever he want to eat. In fact, he is a scavenger. If you remember, it was Noah who sent out what? A raven first to see how the land was because the raven what, could find its way. The raven is a bird of survival. He's an ancient bird because he's learned to survive. And I find it strange, I don't find it strange that, 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 that he chose the raven to be able to feed him. Why? Because the raven was intelligent and the raven was smart and the raven was cutting and the raven knew how to survive even in the desert. For the Bible tells us that at some point that what? The water started to dry up. And if you know anything about some of the ancient hunters, what they did is they actually followed ravens because ravens knew how to find the food. The ravens knew how to get the bag. The ravens knew how to to survive and take care of things that they need to take care of. So what God uses this raven. They said the ravens are sometimes talked about on, on, on the, to give prophetic visions and, and to show things or whatever. So here the guy went at all the birds he could have chosen. He could have chosen the majestic eagle that flies high. Amen. He could have chosen the, the peacock that runs around low. He could have chosen even that turkey. Amen. That turkey is a wise little bird also. Amen. But he chose the raven to feed the prophet of God. And I'm here to tell you today, God's telling us sometimes you got to look for the birds, y'all. Mm. 
come on somebody. You gotta look for the birds. What I mean by the birds, sometimes God sends birds in the form of people you don't even realize, people you didn't even know, those you had rolling off, those you said, well, what can this person do for me? And what it is, they bringing you life, they bringing you Lord, the, the water, they bring you nutrition, they bring you the information, they bring you the things that God has got what birds all around you. And for some reason, we take that for granted, amen, because we see birds in the air all the time and, and we just think about these are just something that's there, but God is allowing us to look for the birds, amen. So here, every time that Elijah got ready to eat, every time that Elijah wanted something to drink, he had to look for was what? Look for the bird. And the Bible said that the raven not only brought him bread, <laughs> bread when? Bread in the morning. Whether we know the bread, the bread, not just to be a physical bread, but also that bread of life. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but was the bird speaking to him? But but there's ways that the birds can speak to you and not speak to you. Amen. If you watch the birds, if you know scientists, if you watch them, the best scientists they are, they tell you that what science is really more about observation. And what you're learning about observation is you're watching how things change over time. And when they change over time, then you build theories and things that you try to predict how you think they're going to continue to change. Amen. So I can only imagine that Elijah sitting here, he has nothing else to do, but he's watching that raven, amen. And that raven is speaking to him because he's always looking to the east over there. And as that raven's looking to the east, he see him look down all of a sudden. And that right there, if you look at the raven, he see him look down, he just spoke to him and told him, there's somebody over here. There's something over here. There's substance over here. There's something for you. So does it mean necessarily that the bird went and picked up food and brought it right to him? Maybe so. But it also means at the same time that God could have used the bird to guide him to it. Oh, come on, somebody. So what I'm finding is sometimes we're looking for God to drop things in our lap. Say, Lord, here it is right here. But sometimes God has a person over there. He's got you looking over there. And he's, 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 he's asking you to observe them and, and see what they do and see how they act and see how they move. Because there's something over there for you that I want you to have. But you got to have the faith to get up and go. Amen. So what we find here that what God tells Elijah in the beginning, he said, what? Go to a place that I'm going to show you. Go to the east. So therefore, Elijah went somewhere that he did not know before. He went somewhere that he didn't have any friends. He went somewhere that he knew that the birds were going to have to feed him. So, amen. What I want to remind you today, look for the birds, amen. There are birds all in your life, amen, in the forms of people and things and situations, amen. And sometimes we do not look for the birds. Why? Because we're looking for this to come in a different form. We're looking for God to do it in a different way. We're looking for God to make it this way, Lord. That I accept it better if I take it this way, Lord. I do it better if you send it that way. But sometimes it's the bird that he brings. It's that little small voice. It's that Sometimes it's your children, they'll say something to you and you never even thought about it. And they might have just been speaking to be speaking, but sometimes even God will speak through the children, amen. Because the Bible says He will, amen. He said, In the last days, what well, I will pour out my flesh on my spirit among what? All flesh, and that your daughters and your sons will prophesy, and that the old men would dream dreams and have visions, amen. So God is doing something different in this day, that God is moving us to another realm in Him, and that for what? We have another level of trust. So we got to look towards what? Look for the birds. Because mm -hmm. it's the birds that's going to sustain us in the time of drought. And it's the birds that's going to sustain us in that time of drought. Why? Because we're going to pay attention to what they're doing. The Bible said that what? at some point that that brook drove up, dried up. But I had to guarantee you that those birds found it. They know what it was. Why? Because they had a, what they call it, bird's eye view. They could see things before they got to them. They can see things miles before they got to them. So what does the bird do in your life? That bird that God has allowed in your life, sometimes they see stuff way before you see it. 
And they may be warning you some things, and you don't see it right now. You're like, yeah, I got that. There's some birds that in my life that say, well, you might want to watch this, or you might want to watch that one, or you might want to watch that. And, you know, you're thinking, well, I don't see nothing right now. I'm okay. But there's a bird that can see a bird's eye view that God is using to tell you that, look, that this is on the horizon. So if God's saying, what, you need to save this, or God's saying you need to put that to the side, or God said you need to take better care of your health, or you need to take care of better care of your mental health, or you need to take care of this or do that before I shut you down, amen. So here what he he has him, um, the prophet Elijah is being protected the entire time. And he's being protected by what? A bird. Think about it. God is not marked. God can use whatever he wants to use, whoever he wants to use, how he wants to use them. And in this case, the Bible tells us that he was using birds. Not only did they bring him what? Bread. They also brought him what? Meat. The Bible said flesh. For what? The Bible says that we don't live by on what? Just bread alone, right? But every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So that's what, remember, I, there's the thing in, I think it was Corinthians, it talks about growing from milk to meat. And I know many of us in our faith, we've been on milk for a long time. And, and milk is good when you're an infant. And milk is good, why? Because it's digestible. But at some point in time, as your body starts to grow, your body desires more. Your body needs more. Your body has to have more. It has to have protein and these kind of things so that your body can break it down and do the things that it needs to do to continue to grow your body amen and so what we find is that now God is transitioning us from the milk to the meat and see now he has these meat things and and so now they're starting to bring him meat that they're finding and going places to get and and you never know where it's going to come from I know some of us we feel that if it didn't come from a certain place if it don't come from a certain way I don't want it and many of us find ourselves in that place but I'm here to tell you today that God has birds everywhere and there's birds who've been coming, and they've been bringing you things, and, they, and they've been telling you things, and they've been keeping. Every time you want to get off track, it's a little bird to come over and say, well, you know, I saw this. I don't know about you, but it happens to me all the time. As soon as I thought I was going to make this turn, and all of a sudden, here come another little bird. Well, you know what? When you said that, 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 and I was like, ugh, I did say that, didn't I? See, it's the, the Bible talks about it like, it's not, it's the little foxes that destroy the vine. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, we get in a place because, like Elijah, Elijah got in a place of depression. And because he was depressed, he was not in his thinking right. All he could see is what he was in and how he was feeling and how it was affecting him. But it was the whole time that what God was still allowing these birds to come, to protect them, until he got to the point that God had to show him, like, look, you ain't the only one going through this. You're not the only one that having to, to raise these kids by yourself. You're not the only one that, you know, this marriage is having some problems. You're not the only one who's up and down in their health. And you're not the only one whose job seems like it's acting funny. You're, the only, you're not the only one whose money is seeming a little tight. But here's the, here's the thing that I press, mm -hmm. that I keep going. And my faith said, Lord, Lord, I got to keep trying. I got to keep going. I got to keep moving. And what I find is time and time again, the Bible says it like this, that seasons come and go, right? Seasons don't always last. Trouble doesn't last always. And what you got to realize is that you are in a time of transition. This is why he also brings the raven, because the raven is what? It's a symbolic of transformation. There's something changing in your life. So what? He's feeding him with the ravens. Why? Because he's about to be changed. He's about to be transformed. The Bible tells us what? To be ye, be ye transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. So how do you transform? That you have to change your mind and your thought about yourself. How does Elijah get transformed? He changes his mind. So the Bible tells us what? That he tells him then what? When he got to that point, they go into the town and there was going to be another bird in the form of a woman who was going to help him. 
And if you notice anything about this bird, what happened? This bird didn't have nothing to give him. She was telling herself that what? She was just getting a little firewood, and she had a little bit of flour, and what was she going to do? She was going to go home and make her son a cake. A cake, if you know anything old school, it's like a little piece of bread. And they were going to go home, and they were preparing to die. Now, I don't know about you. If you look at our time period right now, this is what everybody's saying. I can't help you. I can't help myself. How am I going to pray for you? I need to pray for myself. How am I going to give something to the church? I got to have this to pay my bills. This is what we're saying. But watch this. What, what does she do? But she said, but nonetheless, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die trying, is what she essentially says. Amen? So then she goes on, and what did the Bible say? If you read the rest of that story, then you find that she goes on, and the Bible said that she made enough for him, and let him eat what? First. The Bible said what? He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and what? All these things shall be added unto you. So what she do first? She gave it to him first. And because she gave it to him first, she didn't even know she was going to have enough to feed herself. She gave it to him first in faith, in obedience to him. And what does God do? The Bible said every time she went back to that meal, there was a little bit more flour left. And every time she went back to that meal, there was a little bit more flour left. And I'm here to tell you today, brothers and sisters, I know the brook is dried up in some of your areas. I know you, some of you, you're like, Lord, I need a different job. I need a different situation. Lord, this is good. Lord, my health don't seem like it's getting any better. Lord, my, my marriage don't seem like it's getting any better. My children are this. My children are going here. They're doing there. I mean, you know, everything's messed up. My family hates me. This is how you feel. But I'm here to tell you today, in all of that, that every time you go back, it's a little bit more. That's why this is a faith thing. This is a faith thing, because faith says what? Faith said, I believe it when I don't see it. Faith said, Lord, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm trusting you to make it happen. And whatever you do, Lord Jesus, I'm going to be okay with. That's what my faith says. And this is why we are people of faith, that we walk in by faith and not by sight. You know, you told me that we would have been having church like this, and we would be half on the internet, we'd be half here, we'd be in schools, we'd be here, we'd be there. I would have given up. And this is why God don't show you. He show you the end part. <laughs> see, God, God knows. See, he, he, you start, and he show you what it looks like at the end. And all you know is that this is what it looks like at the end, but all this stuff in between, if many of us knew now on our life's journey, you think about the thing when you had your children and, and when you went to the school and you went to college and you did all this different stuff, how many of those choices would you have changed if you knew what the end result was going to be? You wouldn't have wanted to go through that if he said, okay, this is what you're going to get, but this is all the hell you got to go through to get there. This is all that I require of you. Why? Because there's some things along the way that everything that you do, you're going to pick up something. And you're going to be amazed. One of my favorite movies, and I'm going to be done, is, um, is, is called the, um, now I came, oh, um, Slumdog Millionaire. And I know it's like, you know, it's an Indian movie, and it, it did well here in America. And basically the whole thing about Slumdog Millionaire was, and where this was, and I'm telling you to look for the birds, is that this is how God works. And this movie just, to me, just brings it true. You know, the, the movie itself is about this young man in India going to be a, um, on who wants to be a, a millionaire. Y'all know the show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? When you answer these questions, and you answer so many questions, you get to a million dollars, and if you get to a million, you win, all, you get, you win, win a million dollars, right? You answer all the questions. And then there, of course, is in India, so they win what they call rubies. Rubies is, um, they're a currency there in India, it's called rubies. And we find this young man who is the most unlikeliest of people, that somehow he gets on this show. 
And during his time on the show, the host is asking him the questions. They playing the game, you know, do you have a lifeline? And, and you know, there's a lifeline, you know, that means you get to call somebody, one of your friends, and maybe they know the answer to it, or you get a 50-50 thing, and the 50-50 piece is that way you can ask in the audience, and they'll get the vote, and maybe they can tell you the answer, then you gotta decide. They eliminate maybe two of the answers, and you gotta decide which one is the answer based on what the audience has said. So it's all part of a, a game show. And this young man is there, and he's asking the questions. This young man is from the slums of India. This young man was growing up around feces and all kinds of stuff, was poor, but had a certain number of life experiences. There was time when he was a young man that he wanted to see everybody's little, their version of Denzel Washington, and he wanted to go see him, and he met him, and he had a conversation with him because he had a chance encounter. There was times he went through things, and he met people at certain places, and sometimes they would be out on the street you know, begging because they didn't have anything, and they would meet famous people and other things that he would, what, all these different things were coming to him. He would get a little bit of information off this, and then maybe he would go over here, and he would experience that, and all these little things that he would be experiencing in his life, it seemed like he had a life full of just jagged edges. That at the end of the day, that everything just went, it stopped right there. Until he got on this show. And when he got on this show, the man started asking him some of the toughest questions they could ask. And as you find that the questions that the boy was answering, the questions he was answering them right, and the people were in amazement, like, how can this person who's pretty much homeless be able to get all these right answers? How does he know this? He certainly, they, what, they accuse him, he's cheating. Mm-hmm. Certainly he must have read the answers or he knew the questions before we got here. See, this is what the, the enemy does. When, when you start winning that life, when it seems like you're winning and you're starting to come up with time, people start to say, well, certainly she slept with somebody. Certainly he slept with somebody. Certainly he cut a deal with the devil. Or, or certainly that, you know, something's going back, you know, back door we don't know about. But, you know, they, they done something. They done something wrong or they done something to get on top. Amen. Do y'all know what I'm saying this morning? That, that's how people see. They don't see that maybe you went through the things that God allows you to go through and you learned what you're supposed to have learned when you went through it. And this is what this young man's life was about. So this man was just learning things. So they asked him a question about a famous person. And he remembered when he was a child that he met that famous person. And it was something about a watch or something like that. And he remembered because he was a kid, he looked at the man's watch because he was there when he was in amazement of the watch. So he knew exactly what watch it was. And then they asked him another question about something in a foreign country. And he remembered that they was children and they was outside on the side of the street begging that somebody from that foreign country gave him that foreign currency as a tip to be able to give them they were begging, amen. See, God put it, the Bible said this, that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. So what I'm here to tell you today, that all the things that you're going through, do not dismiss them. Do not discount them, because you don't know where God is about to lead you, where God is about to put you, and all those things are going to help. All those things are going to work. All those things are going to come together. All those things are going to be a part of how he's blessing you. And all those things are going to be the answers that you need that you would have not known the answer any other way, but you had to go through it. So we find as the show continue to go on, the boy keeps answering all these answers and all these questions and this stuff. And then there's parts where they antagonize him. And, and then, you know, the show takes a break. And they like, he's certainly cheating. And we just don't know how he's cheating until they get him to the point, until they beat him to a bloody pulp. 
They beat him up and they try to take it. They say, because well, he's cheating and we can't get it out of him. So they're they going to interrogate him till they get it out of him. But the boy's not cheating. He really does know the stuff because he went through the test. So what am I telling you today, brothers and sisters? I know some of you want to skip some tests. I know you're looking at others. And this is why the Bible tells us that we should not be looking at others. Run your race. Run your race. Why? Because it's easy for me to look to the left and look to the right and see that this person seems like they're ahead. It seems like this person got this and this person got that. And you know that they didn't go through some of the things you went through. But you got to have confidence to know that God has a path for you. You got to have confidence to know that God has a way for you. You got to have confidence to know that say, Lord, okay, it seems like they're ahead, oh God. It seems like they're winning right now, oh God. But you got to know that God has already predestinated this plan for you. And all you got to do is order and follow those steps. For the Bible said that the steps of a good man are what? They are ordered by God. So there is an optimal way that he will have you to go. But he also gives us the chance of human experience that we get to choose which way we want to go. He doesn't come down and tell you who you marry. He lets you choose who you want to marry. He don't give you, tell you you got to have children. He lets you choose to have children because some of us choose not to marry. Some of us choose not to have children. Some of us choose not to do this. He said choose ye this day which God you're going to serve. He always gives you choice. There's an optimal way that he wants you to do it. There's a better way he wants you to do it. But if you choose this, he's not going to stand in the way and say you can't choose it. But what you realize at the end of the day, that all comes back together. So after they get through beating this boy to a bloody pulp, they get him up there. And you know what? He continues to answer the answers. Why? Because he's lived the experience. So here's what I'm trying to tell you today, that at the end of the day, he wins the, you know, wins the money and all this stuff. Why? Because he had the experiences. He went through this. So there's some things, brothers and sisters, I want to let you know that you're going to be able to minister to some people that nobody else is going to be able to minister to. Because, Pam, I don't know what it is to have cancer in my body. I hope I never know what it is to have cancer in my body. But there's somebody you're going to be able to speak to that has cancer in their body that you may say, well, look, I know it's a day-by-day -day journey. I go to my doctor, my oncologist every year, and I'm just praying, like, Lord, that everything is going fine. And he's kept me fine, and I'm breathing well, and I get to do what I want to do, and I'm going forward, and I'm blessing my family. And they wonder how I'm a walking, talking miracle. But I I'm telling them that it's God, that it's Jehovah, Jireh, that's done this, that it's the bomb that's in Gilead, mama. They can tell you, like, well, Lord, I just seen how you go through the dialysis and how you continue to hold on. Well, I'm here to tell you today that I have lived experience, and I've been through it, and I know that God is a keeper. And through it, I don't like it, and I know it goes through this, and it causes that and that. But you know what? Nonetheless, that God is a keeper. Baby, they know that, you know what? Well, how can she allow her husband, he over here, and he, like, six, seven states away doing this and doing that, da, da. But see, God has placed you in my life for a reason. Amen. I told you that when I married you, that my father said, you know, that you was a special woman. And he won't say that just because he wanted a daughter-in-law. Amen. But it was going to be something special. God knew exactly what was going to go on. He, that he was going to put me in a position that I'd be able to sit you at home and be able to take care of your mom. He knew what was about to go on. And he put me in a position that we can be able to do that and take care of our children. But then what? So the others look and see how they doing. They wonder how you making it. But I'm here to tell you today that God is faithful. That Taylor, he ain't forgot about you. That God put you in a place that he sat you here and you went through and you got your degrees in less than a year. You got them all paid for. God bless you with your babies. And he's going to continue to open up more doors. He's going to bless you. He's going to bless your husband. And it's all going to come together. You just got to go through what you got to go through, baby. And you got to endure. That way, the Bible says like this, that weeping may endure for a night, but that joy comes in the morning. And you're going to look back in this time five or six years from now, you're going to be like, I remember when I almost gave up. I remember when I was about to throw in the towel. I remember like the hell with all of it and everybody else. But he kept you. And now you'll be able to tell that to somebody else who's young. You'll be able to tell that to somebody else that God did this for me before I was even 30. And I'm here to tell y'all today that as I give my testimony that God is able 
church that we have to just go through what we have to go through. I would be able to talk back and speak at times like this to see that it was days like this that, Lord, it seemed like nobody was coming, Lord, that the door wasn't open. And then when we in front of thousands, and I'll be able to say that I remember when, that, Lord, it didn't matter if I had one or I had 1,000 of God, that I was going to bless your name, Lord. If it was, if it, I had to fly here for two, Lord, that I was going to bless your name, Lord, because it wasn't about that. But I was doing the work as if you've done it unto me, Lord. And I see time and time in my own life how God has just blessed me from level to level. Even despite some didn't want it, they stood in the way. They did everything they could do. They lied on me. They cheated me. They blocked me. They did this. They did that. But nonetheless, when God is ready to move, God, the Bible says like this. He said he holds the king's heart in his hand and he turned it whatever way he may. So when God is ready to move, when God is ready to do the thing, it's nothing that nobody can do. I know we say it all the time, but it's true, amen, that when God gets ready, he'll open up the door. The thing that I wanted so bad, the things I wanted, that God dropped it right in my lap, amen. I didn't even go find it. It found me, oh God. As they say, when Plymouth Rock landed on me, but, and I find myself in a place, so now I walk in a place of gratitude to say, Lord, you didn't have to do it, but you did. Lord, I know you can change it, Lord, but I'm grateful. Lord, you didn't have to bless me like this, but I'm thankful. And Lord, I know, and I'm reminded that I tell somebody else, no matter how high I go, that God is my God. No matter how high I go, Lord, that I have the, what I have because you gave it to me, Lord. It was nothing that I did, Lord. You could have chose somebody else. There was somebody that was smarter. There was somebody who looked better. There was somebody who talked faster. There was somebody else who had more skill, but you chose me. Why? Because your anointing lives inside of me. It's your glory that lives inside of me. It's your grace that lives inside of me. So when those kids come to my office, amen, and they crying, they ready to blow their brains out, and people have done them wrong in that, you put me in a place, Lord, that I say, okay, Lord, I'm in this job because you gave me this job. Lord, so if they fire me for doing this, oh, man, oh, well, Lord Jesus, I got to believe, Lord, that you're going to open up a door. And what I'm finding is that what God is opening up more doors, amen, because then one door leads to another door, and another door leads to another door, and we're blessing more and more people, and what you find is at some point that God is what? He's just doing that to what? To mend you and, and make you and have you to be what you need to be. Like we've been talking about Joseph in Bible study and that Joseph could not be where he had to be, where he was, but to where he went through those things that he went through. Why? Because those things made him who he was. It softened his heart enough to be able to look out for his family. It softened his heart enough to be able to look out for his brothers when they come. It softened his heart enough to say that you know, they didn't know what they did. And all this time I was using you. Yes, if Joseph would have kept his mouth shut, maybe it would have been a little easier. But Joseph didn't keep his mouth shut. So he went through what he went through. But nonetheless, at the end of the day, that God is not marked. Whatever man saw, that shall he also reap. Amen. So if you so good see the people, I'm here to tell you today that it's going to come. Why? Because it's biblical principle. I don't care who you are. You can be sinner man or saved man. That way, if you do that, amen, it's biblical principle that God cannot go back on his word. This is why he said, I have no respect for person. Amen. That what? If it's my word, it's my word, and I will honor my word, amen. So I'm here to tell you today that you are to look for the birds, because the birds are all around you. You don't know what information you're going to get. You don't know what person you're going to see. You don't know who you're going to come in contact with. You don't know if it's the nurse, it's the doctor, it's the person at the street, it's the person who pumped the gas. You don't know where it's going to come from. You don't know if you're going to be flipping through the TV. You're going to see it on Facebook that somebody's going to call you, or it's going to be the flight attendant. You don't know where that next word or where that thing coming from, but you ought to be receptive to know that it's Jehovah. 
Jehovah Jireh that provides. That's Jehovah Nisi that opens the, that opened that door and that what he did it at the end of the day. And I dare not touch his glory, but I give his name the honor. I give his name the praise. And no matter how high I go, that I magnify his name. No matter where he takes me, that I give his name the honor and the glory. And some say, well, what is your grace? God? I'm like, no, it won't my skill. Because it was somebody else better. There was somebody else who didn't get discovered. There was somebody else. Amen. We say it all the time. People are like, oh, Michael Jordan is the greatest ever. No, we know there's some that was better than him. That they just never saw the light of the day. He was the one that was fortunate in the right place at the right time. And we got to see him. And I'm here to tell you today that you and I are the same thing. That God got other people out here. He got others that have been waiting. He got others that have waiting their turn. And what all you got to do is what keep doing it. And God continually, what? He'll show you the birds. And the birds are going to lead you to what? Provision. It's the birds that are going to lead you to the provision. It's those little ones that talking on the side that, you know, that God has secretly got them cheering for you. Woo, come on, somebody. Because, see, they can't cheer for you openly because they know they got haters, right? Because if the bird, see, if that bird, if he was a peacock, he'd be over there, ha, ha, and they come over there, what do they do? They take his food because they see it. But what does that raven do? The raven, he'll just be looking. And when ain't nobody else looking, he'll go over there, there get what he got to get, come back. That's why he's surviving. They learn how to survive. And what I'm here to tell you today, brothers and sisters, we are survivors. That God has been sending these birds to us in the form of different things. Sometimes it'd be the children, sometimes it'd be the people, sometimes it's just a word of encouragement. Sometimes it's just, you know, you're sitting in the backyard and you're looking at the deer and you just thought about something. God has not forgotten you. He's not forgotten me. He's not forgotten you. And I'll tell you, look for the birds that are in your life. Because they, they're gonna give you life. They're gonna show you how to navigate some of this stuff. Why? Because God has them at a different level. See, birds come in all forms. Remember, see, a, a, a raven is what? It's a big bird. Maybe it's that big boss who dislikes you. You don't know why. It ain't nothing you've done but God's favor. So therefore, they, they make sure when certain things come down, they tell you about it. They watch out for you. This is how stuff happens. Put it this way. And I heard T.D. Jakes famously say one time, and I know it's not his quote, but I give him the, the credit for it. If you ever see a turtle on a fence post in the middle of a field, know that he didn't get there by himself. Because turtles don't climb fence posts. See, it's not designed for God's people to be like that. Because this is the world system. This is not God's system. He never wanted to be like this. This is why he allowed Jesus to come, what? To transform all of this stuff and show us a way to redemption. Right? That's how we got lost. So even in all of this, if you look throughout the Bible, look at all of those that God used and he put them in tremendous leadership. Every single one of them had a way that was navigated for them. Why would you think you'd be any different? Joseph just didn't get there. God allows Joseph's gift. And you notice, what about Joseph's gift? Joseph interpreted dreams. Did he? Mm, read it. What did he do? Every time they got a dream, Joseph took it to God. And God interpreted the dream. Joseph always, look at the Bible club. He always got credit for interpreting dreams, didn't he? But look at it. Go back and read. Every time he got it, he said, it's not me, but it's the one who lives inside of me. Right? That's what, basically what he says, right? I'm paraphrasing that. Go back, go back and read it. It's very interesting when you really start looking, you know, people tell you things, not get it, what they're saying. But if you really look at it, what he did every time he went and he took it before God then God would give him, because he had connection with God, then God would tell him what the dream was, and then he would speak it out of his mouth to the people, and he'll be accurate. 
Because he always got it from who? God. Lean not into your own understanding. So what I'm telling you, at work and in your marketplace and all these things, when you got big decisions and stuff to make, ask God. Some say, well, I went to school for this. And he created it. Ask him. So when I have big decisions and things before me, I ask God, I sure do. I pray about it. I sure do. It's like, Lord, I'm not sure what to do. And he'll drop in my spirit what to do, and I'll move on, and I, I'm okay with that, because I believe at that point, if God told me to do it, I did it, and if it goes left, well, he told me to do it, that means he's going to fix it somehow. And what you'll find, brothers and sisters, that the more you trust him, the more he'll do it. And you'll go to bigger heights and deeper depths. And, and here's the thing. It gets kind of scary sometimes. Sometimes I've been in situations, and I know some of you have been in there, you're like, Lord, this a lot, it's a lot riding on this. i got to get this right. And when I remind myself, it's not about me getting it right. It's him getting it right. Now what happens is, on earth, they give us credit for it. And they're like, oh, he's so good, he's so smart, he's so this, he's so that. And at the end of the day, I remind myself, no, it ain't me, it's he. Because all I did is what he told me to do. All God wants us to do is just to do what he tells us to do. We are actors on the stage. We're actors on the stage. And all we do is to act out. And what happens is what? Other people are watching us. That's what we do with actors, right? We watch actors. And we as people of God, we're just actors on the stage. They look at how does Peter deal with stuff when he's down? My prayer, I almost lost my prayers two weeks ago. They was on a, a T-bone accident that I saw the same accident kill a young lady that I taught. Same accident. Killed her. And she was 39. My parents are in their 70s, and they're here, and they walked away from it. Do you see what I'm saying? People ask, well, how does that happen? There's no explanation, but his grace and his mercy and his love towards us, and that's work still for us to do. So I'm here to tell you today, God got his hand on you. Look for the birds. The birds, are they're there. And they're speaking. And they're showing you things. And they're showing you what to go and what not to go. And then at the end of the day, you're going to find yourself in a favorable position. And you ain't going to know how you got there, but you know God put you there. So at the end of the day, when that turtle's sitting on that fence post, he didn't put him there. God put him there. Joseph was there. God put him there. David? He's not even in the line of a king. God put him there. Think about it. They chose Saul. God put David. Everybody. Every single time. Look at everybody who's laid. God ordained them. God allowed them to be there. And he's allowing you to be there. God bless you all. I love you all. I hope that this has been a blessing to you on this morning um, as we go forth on this day. For God's just been so good to us. He's been better to us than we've been to ourselves. On this morning... We're going to move towards the offering part of our service. Amen. If God has been good to you and you believe that God has spoken to you on this day, we ask that you bless in way of tithe and offering. Amen. That you can, we do our offering by the cash app. That's the dollar sign Safe House Church GSO. Again, it's dollar sign Safe House Church GSO. Or you can do Zale. Zale at offering at safehousechurchgso.com. Again, that's offering at safehousechurchgso.com. Or you can do PayPal at paypal.me forward slash ministry aid. Again, it's paypal.me forward slash ministry aid. Or you can write a check or a money order to Finding Fish Ministries, 
P.O. Box 862, Summerfield, North Carolina, 27358. Again, that's Finding Fish Mantris, P.O. Box 862, Summerfield, North Carolina, 27358. Hallelujah. We're just so grateful, grateful, grateful to um, you all on today. For God is good and he's worthy to be praised. And despite it all, that God is still good. And look for the birds. Even this morning, he sent the bird to come and tell me that this was going to be okay. And I'm grateful. You never know where it's going to come from. You know, you never know. The Bible said, be careful how you entertain strangers, for you may be entertaining angels. Amen. And God speaks, and he's no respect to person. He can use any and everybody. If he can, if he can make a, he said, if you didn't cry out there, he'll have the rocks cry out for him. Amen. And um, so we don't want any rock crying out for us. God bless you all. I love you all today. Remember on next week, we do have, we would not have Bible study on next week. I'm sorry. Next Wednesday, we would not have Bible study. I'll be in transit. Amen. To come home and celebrate my bride. So um, there will not be any Bible study on next week. So please um, take that time, spend that time with your family or whatever you need to do. But we will have our prayer. So we will be praying. So um, I'll be praying tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. And that's 5 a.m. for us Central Folk. All right? So we'll be there praying on tomorrow. God bless you all. I love you all. You all, I pray uh, my strength in the Lord as we go forward in the name of Jesus. If all hearts and minds are clear.